Hey, this is Kevin. I want to invite you to join me and friends around the world for an international live broadcast at 10 a.m. on Friday, May the 7th. I'm going to be sharing a powerful word from God's word entitled, Get to the Point. I am excited about this message. I can't wait to share it with you. Join us via Facebook Live, YouTube, or Zoom. Go to kevinwhite.us for full details. I'll see you there. Get ready to celebrate God's call to go. Here's your weekly dose of heartwarming encouragement for the missionary in all of us. Welcome to Missions Change My Life. Now here's your host, Pastor Kevin. Well, welcome everyone. Thank you for being on the show today, listening to Missions Change My Life. Courtney is here with me. She's our co-host. Courtney, did you know that 115 countries listen to Missions Change My Life? I know that now, but I did not know that before you told me, and it was really exciting to find out. Yeah, yeah. I, I am no super idea. humbled and sobered by that. So thank you, everyone around the world listening. And we have a great guest for you today, Courtney, who is with us finally after years in the making. <laughs> Yeah, we have Brian Harvey with us today. Hey, Brian. Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so privileged to be on the show. So let's get quickly to your year that you went to India, because it's a long time ago. Yeah, hard to when, believe how time flies, but it was. It does. When, what year was it? So it was 2014, January 2014. Okay, and this is 2021. So good things come to those who wait. And we have waited a long time for Brian's story. And I can't wait for him to share it with you because missions has certainly changed his life. Sometimes we interview people and they they pause. They think about it. Courtney's been there where they're like, okay, well, I know my life has radically changed, but how do I describe it? And there's not going to be any pause for Brian Harvey because he has <laughs> a, literally adopted in India into his own family. So, yeah. Courtney, take it away. Let's hear Brian's backstory and bring him up to how missions has changed his life. Yeah. Hey, Brian. Well, let's just kind of dive right in and talk about your trip. Why don't we start with how you found out about this trip to India and a little bit of the backstory and then where you went <clears throat> And, and why. I think it's all kind of going to flow. So go ahead. So uh, Kevin and I became pretty good friends at church for a while. It was just one of those things where I always had a heart for missions, missionaries, but I never thought that I played in that physically. So I never thought, hey, you know, I'm not a, and I've said this before, and it's just kind of my personality. I'm not evangelist. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a, a praise and worship leader. And so for me, it was always kind of like, where do I play in missions? Because that's what I visualized was those folks going on the mission field. As I got to go to Kevin, I mean, Kevin was very encouraging for me to go on. And he's like, hey, man, it'll be a life-changing thing. And so I prayed about it. And it was a struggle in the fact that I'd never been overseas. And so I was kind of nervous. Obviously, nobody knows what's going to happen. I just struggled with the fact of not being, you know, had the ability to do it. Again, you know, just not, I don't know if it was smart enough, but it's just, like you felt like you had to be prepared and I never thought I was prepared. It was just neat that God kept pursuing me. And so as I was praying about it, Kevin one day said, it didn't work out with a trip before this. And Kevin one day said, Hey Brian, I got a thought for you. And I'll just never forget this. He said, how about you lead a trip? And the first thing I said was my struggle is not being a great leader. I feel like I'm not a great leader. And you're putting this on me. So it's like, Kevin, you know? And so 
Uh, I thought about it, and I was like, if this is the only way I'm going to get there, not knowing, I said, hey, let's do it. It was neat how God, you know, came alongside of us. Not, you know, necessarily physically right beside me, but it was funny how he would literally lay people on my, my heart. Mm-hmm. And so I would I would pray about it at night and talk to my wife, and she would say, you know, just pray about it, and let's, let's think about it, and there'll be people to go with you. Because my, my next thought was, hey, you know, if I decide to go, is anybody going to want to go with me? You know, like, hey, am I going to be alone with this? Me and Kevin, all right, here we go. You know, and so I was like, you know, like, what are we going to do? And this was very early on. I didn't know all the backstory of other things going on, but so I always prayed, like, what would happen? You know, who would go with me? It's it's just amazing how God works because I would get up and go to church, and, and no lie, a guy would walk by, and I would feel in my heart, hey, this man, I need to approach him. Mm-hmm. And so I would reach out and then say, hey, man, you know, I'm the man going to India. And, and he would look at you like, what? Why are you looking <laughs> you might at me? As well, you might as well be saying, I'm going to Mars. <laughs> yeah. And you always get the like, why India? What, what, what? And so I would just pray with him. Hey, man, think about this. You mm-hmm. know, I really feel a passion. God's laying on my heart. And I would tell him, hey, you know, I feel like God's laying on my heart to approach you. And that's why I walked over here. And so a lot of guys, they, they, they struggled. Yes, it was India, but they struggled with the cost. They were worried about mm-hmm. how are we going to get fundraising? You know, it was just amazing how. It wasn't I picking them by hand, but how God literally through my mouth or through my eyes literally was showing me guys to go get. Like, go talk to this guy. Go talk to this guy. And, um, I mean, and unfortunately, all of them didn't get to go. But, I mean, 80% of the guys I approached went. It was amazing wow. to see that, how obedient God is. You know? How many he went said, with you? It was seven guys total, including myself. And I remember one of those Thank candid you. conversations. You're like, dude, I'm in landscaping. I put That's bushes right. in the ground. Why did India right. need me to come over there and help them put bushes in their ground? <laughs> For sure. I mean, it was just tough. And, and so it's just amazing. I go back to think about the disciples and how they were fishers of men. Mm-hmm. And I think about how they were fishermen. Not that they were low as the lowest, but I mean, they fished. It didn't take a lot of technology. It didn't take a lot of brain power. And how God still chose them to spread the gospel, mm-hmm. you know, the biggest message of all and the most important message of all. And not that I'm a disciple, but I keep reminding myself when I get down on myself about things because God can use anyone. Amen. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just just amazing how he does use you. And so how he stretches you. And uh, but it's great. Yeah. So, so you, the seven of you got on a plane, went to India. Where did you land in India? Where'd you go? Woo, I was thinking about this the other night. It's been so long. I literally <laughs> had to like meditate on this thing for a couple of days like what are we doing here? uh so we all obviously boarded here in rdu and we flew to london Heathrow, london from Heathrow, london we flew to chennai then we stayed in chennai if i remember right it was like overnight because yeah. our our plane didn't leave to the next day yeah. and then we flew to kasinga i guess area okay. vizag is vizag actually because i think they pronounce it yeah. vizag is that correct yep. yeah you got it yeah 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 so we flew to vizag and then we got on a train in vizag and went to kasinga i i tell this story a lot and and I told my wife I would hold it together. I'm a big teddy bear, and I may I may cry, so forgive me in this. But, Give it to us raw. We're here for it. I am. I'll be very straightforward, <laughs> and I'll be willing to talk to anybody straightforward about it. But I get emotional because it still touches me even this far back later. I mean, we're in 2021, 2014 is when I went, and I can still feel it in my heart, just like the night we stepped off. Mm-hmm. And if anybody's been to anywhere in New Life or anywhere in India, the kids are so loving, you know. And they're so appreciative of you coming there to spend time with them and to work. I'll never forget, we were on the bus. They got us at the train station. Pastor Sioni, I guess, sent one of the guys to pick us up. And it was dark. I, I want to say it was like 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, which like everything in India, you travel at night. It's never like, when I went, it seemed like it was always like, it was late, it was dark. 
And I could never, I never forget the bus pulled in the gates of new life. So to just kind of give people kind of a picture of what it looks like, he obviously had these big gates and everything's protected that way. And uh, they pull into basically the gates and they stop the bus and we all file out, you know, kind of like a school bus. And we filed out like military almost. And the kids are literally lined up single file boys on one side, girls on the other side. And they had flowers and I couldn't get off the bus. I said, I can't do it. I said, I'm a big boy. I don't want to see him cry. I don't want to see him cry. And so the boys were like, come on, Brian, we came to India. Let's go. And I just couldn't get off the bus. And so I stepped, I'll never forget. It's still in my mind. I stepped off the bus on the soul of Kasinga at new life. And I started weeping. It was just tears flowing. And I cried from then to the day I came home and I'm still crying. You know, and I just feel, and part of that is just the passion that kids have for loving people. Yes. And people in America will never, ever see that passion of India until you step on a plane and go to India. Mm -hmm. And that's the truth to it. If I had to tell anybody, it's a little bit selfish on my part, but it's just a part of me that I left there was just the the passion of the kids. I mean, they just loved you and their hearts for Mm -hmm. just anyone. They loved anyone. And so for me, it was just tough because here I was American that had so much, you know, and, and we just get, you know, somewhat prideful because we got so much stuff. We don't even realize it. And we step off and these kids have nothing, really. I mean, they have the clothes on their back and they have food, that's, but they really don't have any really worldly possessions like Americans do. Mm-hmm. And I just thought to myself, what am I going to tell these kids, you know? I mean, I knew that too until yeah. Jesus Christ. It was so tough for me to say, hey, I have everything in the world and now I'm going to tell you about this. And so it was tough for me. It was a, it was tough when I stepped off, but after we started our whole mission trip, it, it, got, it got easier every day. Mm-hmm. But that first step was... It was heart wrenching. So, yeah. But yeah, so we basically went there to finish out the story. We went there basically as a work team. And so most of the guys I took with me uh, went to church with me. And most of the guys were in some type of construction field or had some type of knowledge of carpentry or welding. And so one of the things they were needing was bunk beds and cabinets for the kids. And so they do their bunk beds with, they weld them together in metal. And so we had guys that, I mean, it's just amazing again to go back that the guys, I didn't even know that they knew how to weld. Mm-hmm. We started talking to him. He's like, man, I know how to weld. And I'm like, great, you're on this side. You know, <laughs> it's just neat to where to put yeah. them. At. And then guys that were carpentry, we would split them up. And so we built bunk beds and basically the cabinets we built were for all their little tinkets and little small stuff they had and just kind of like lockers almost. And so mm-hmm. that's what we did. We were there building, doing carpentry and it was fun stuff. So. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So were the other guys expecting the same, the same atmosphere or the environment? What was it like leading a group of men that probably had the same mindset of, I just have this trait or I never thought I'd be on a mission team. Were you guys all kind of in the same boat of just shock or was it just a cool experience getting to see some of your friends there too? Oh, I mean, I think the whole group in a general, we all have doubts in ourselves. I mean, that's just the natural side of us. We all had doubts like, what are we going to do? How can we help these kids? I think the real the shock was we were going there in the mindset of, oh, I don't know how I'm going to help them, but really we turned around coming back as, wow, they helped us way more than we did them. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of jumping the gun. But most of the guys were, you know, I, I won't say I pushed them, but I encouraged them. Hey, let's go. You're going you're gonna to change your life. And so I think a lot of them went in there expecting a life-changing event. They were looking at that, not knowing what the journey is going to look like. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of them were anticipating what the journey was going to look like because it's pretty far away. And, you know, and so as far as their personalities, most of the guys, again, none of the guys I took were any of them were praise and worship leaders or pastors or anything like that. And so they felt the same as I did. But we had the mindset that we were going to work on bump beds where we we're working on cabinets, you know, and we we're going to try to integrate the gospel into that. And so that was a kind of a, 
a new thing for all of us. So we were focused on that. And so that's kind of what the guys had in mind was, mm-hmm. hey, we got first thing we got to do is get all these tools all across the border into India without looking like terrorists or something, you know. And so that was <laughs> that was a trip in itself having like I think it was like 10 or 12 bags trying to explain to the airport people like, why do you have a skill saw in there? Why do you have all these batteries in there? <laughs> and so that was quite experience. I had nobody to talk to about it because it was like, I don't know that anybody had taken any tools yet of that amount. And so that was very different. Yeah. I feel like you're speaking to a lot of people that may be listening Mm -hmm. and just have thought that how could God use me or, or I'm not a doctor. I'm not a praise and worship leader, you know, because that's, that was me. That's majority of people are, Mm -hmm. are not what you would think of. I'm going to go and be a missionary. And so it's really cool just to hear that just going there was life changing. Mm-hmm. Well, what was another, um, or what was the biggest adjustment or a funny story just from your team? So for, funny story, it kind of plays out throughout my whole life, but it was one of, the things, <laughs> <laughs> one of the things that I was thinking about as we were talking about this podcast was, so, and the reason I say it plays out through my whole life, I'll start in India and kind of finish it out. But when we were in India, obviously, you know, they speak their native language and it's got an accent to it. And for some reason, Brian Harvey, doesn't matter where I go, I don't speak English. I already speak like an Appalachian, like, you know, like accent, but I would divert to like a Spanish accent. And my wife would say, why, why, why are you talking like you're Mexican or something? You know, like I always, you know, <laughs> you ever meet one of those people, like they meet somebody and all of a sudden they have an accent and they change their voice. Well, I remember being in India and the boys would go, Bruh. they would nudge me a little bit when I was talking to one of the kids. They'd go, Bruh, Bruh. We're in India. We're not in Mexico. Why are you talking like a Spanish speaker? And so that was one of the things that was just funny that, and you, you find yourself, me, nodding your head like an Indian, you know? Like, why <laughs> are you trying to blend in? And so it was just like coming back, the boys were all like, man, it's just crazy how you literally live, breathe it, eat it, everything. I tried to be an Indian while I was there. You know, I tried to be a person from India. We had two guys on the trip, and one of them was my brother, uh, brother-in-law, and one was my brother. And my brother's like 6'6". And so he's pretty tall, skinny, looks like an NBA basketball player. When we were in, I, I can't remember if it was Chennai or Kasingo. We were close to the beach. So was that Kasinga? Vizag. Vizag, yeah, yeah, I keep saying Kasinga. Vizag. So when you were in Vizag, uh, you took us to the beach. And I remember being on the beach, and the kids on the beach would see my brother from a mile away. Mm-hmm. And they'd come rushing up to him on to take pictures because they thought he was a professional NBA player from, <laughs> from here in America. Yeah. And then one of the other boys with us, had a bald hair and a beard, and so he looked like Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. So they kept calling him Stone Cold, that he was a wrestler. So here I was watching these two guys get bombarded by all these kids, and it was like, wow. Like, you know, just people here, just normal people in America, but there he all of a sudden became this, like, athlete or something, and we just joked because <laughs> neither one of them were any close to Stone Cold Steve Austin or a basketball <laughs> player. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> they're ready to go back whenever they need their ego boosted huh that's for sure yeah that's the first thing i told them yeah all of a sudden unexpectedly god started blessing our family we just kept building god multiplies the miracle that god provided us many times when we needed it the most what's your generosity story check out some heartwarming stories at generosityofgod.com and share your story You'll find amazing stories. He said, hey, this is for you. And asked me to take what uh, was in his hands. It was exactly 10,000 rupees. I was so overwhelmed and uh, shocked by God's goodness. As she did that, Paige went on out to her vehicle, loaded it in the trunk of her car. And she said, okay, God, what now? Miraculous stories by ordinary people just like you. Go to generosityofgod.com and share your story today.
How do you swallow an elephant? Well, the answer is one bite at a time. Hi, I'm Kevin White, and I'm inviting you to subscribe to Generously Blessed, my free one-minute motivation series. In Romans 12, verse 2, God says we are transformed as we change our minds. When you subscribe to Generously Blessed, I will send you a personal email Monday through Friday and coach you day by day into a life generously blessed by God. Go to kevinwhite.us and subscribe now. It will be one minute a day you'll not regret. I guarantee it. Kevin's new book, Audacious Generosity, was an instant international bestseller on Amazon. Audacious Generosity is now available worldwide on Amazon in paperback, hardback, ebook, and audiobook. You'll find the Audacious Generosity ebook on Apple Books, Kindle, Google Play, and all the popular online ebook stores. The Audacious Generosity audiobook was recorded by Kevin himself, and reviewers are loving it. The audiobook can be found online in over 40 audiobook stores worldwide, including Audible, Apple, Google, and more. Buy Audacious Generosity for yourself. Gift it to your friends and family for the holidays. Discover why Audacious Generosity was an instant bestseller. Audacious Generosity is all about you enjoying a living relationship with God that's fueled by courage, characterized by freedom, and overflowing with Audacious Generosity. Get your copy today. How has mission your mission trip to india how did that impact your everyday life when you got back this is the long part or maybe seven years later (laughs) yeah it's been a little while but yeah it still impacts me believe it or not it impacts me a lot even to this day so i mean it's hard for anybody to go to india and not have some type of physical and mental and spiritual impact from it Mm -hmm. i mean it's just kind of in your face kind of thing and i think that it changes all of us um for me my, my story of India was, again, going back to the beginning, I was just so overwhelmed with the kids and the passion of the kids and just their, their ability to love anyone for who you are. They didn't know me. And so when I was there, I cried a lot. You know, I just had a hard time with the kids. It was just very tough on my heart. And so I remember telling Kevin, I said, man, I really feel like God wants me to be here. I really feel like I need to be back in India. You know, I, at the time, I really wanted to be there full time. I mean, I really was feeling the passion so heavy. The impact on me was, I mean, when I left there, I felt like I left almost my whole heart. I mean, I had my family here, but there was a large chunk of me there that I just could not leave. I just didn't know what it was. And so I came home saying, hey, we're going to pack our bags up and go back. And I had told my wife this on the phone and, and, and nothing against her, but she said, well, Brian, I don't know. God's not telling me this. You know, I don't know. We're going to have to pray about this. I don't know about living in India. That's a dramatic change. I didn't expect that. We prayed about it for a long time. And I really, for years, had a hard time with it. I mean, we went in 2014, and we didn't start doing our adoption process till about the end of 15, 16. And I was still praying then, like, God, you know, what do you have in store for me? Because when you leave your heart somewhere like that, mm-hmm. you're really seeking it out. Like, what is what is going on here? What 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 is going on? And so I would pray and pray. And so my wife has type 1 diabetes. And so when we had our first two kids, they were very easy to say they were pretty big babies my my son who is now nine was 13 pounds and so he was a big baby and so needs to say we were looking at what we would do with kids in the future we were thinking about more kids and so the doctor really recommended us not having any more naturally kids and so we started praying and praying and praying and it's just amazing how god works it even laid it on my wife's heart 
hey, what do you think about India? And that blows my mind because for Ab, she was thinking, Abby was thinking more of going to Taiwan or here international or here in the States. It blew my mind because I thought, oh, my goodness, here he comes. God's going to start talking to me, you know, and I was preparing myself and I said, oh, OK. And, and so I, I prayed about it. We prayed about it. And so basically God opened doors for us to go back to India the second time. And so we went back in 2017. We were able to adopt a little girl from India. And so my heart, <laughs> ooh, take me a second. <laughs> I left my heart there mm. and I went back and picked it up and brought it home. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Mercy. Hallelujah. So my heart great. is in bed right now. Um, but yeah, so uh, it was tough for me because yeah. I really did. I, I told I told the people in India, I'm coming back. And I didn't make it back to new life, but I made it back to India. And that's where my heart was at, was the people of India. And so it was amazing to be able to go back and, and pick up a little girl and look at her. And I tell people all the time, and then I know her name's Layla, and she lives in America. But I say, this is my little girl from India. And she's mm -hmm. from India. And this is my little India. And so a lot of times I'll pick her up and look at my wife and I'll tell her, hey, I brought India. God brought India to us. Mm -hmm. And she's right here. Yeah. And so uh, it's been fun to see her and grow up with her. And it's been obviously some struggles, but. God changed myself, uh, my life inside out with it. I mean, we, I was so passionate about India that we, we used that passion to literally adopt a child from there. And I'm not saying that's for everybody and I'm not tooting my horn. I can just tell you that God worked it out to where that was his plan. I feel now knowing, looking back now, his plan was you're going to have a child from India. Mm -hmm. And so our hope for her is, you know, just like any other parents that we would raise her up in the sight of God mm -hmm. and teach her who God is and teach her about the gospel send her out whether it's u.s or whether it's back to india i mean i'd love to say that she would go back to india and, and spread the gospel i mean what a what a legacy we could leave for her you know it's been a well, change let us know when you're ready to take your family on a trip and i will definitely help you schedule that well, it's funny <laughs> the whole family can go we, we talked about it many awesome. times and so i think going back to layla to revert back to india with layla being that she's from india in my business now at the time i was a landscaper and now I've made occupation changes and now I sell pools for a living. And so I run into a lot of people from all over the place. Mm -hmm. Still very yeah. similar. I'm still pairing up landscaping with that, but I run into a lot of people because we all know that like RDU, this area is very big into IT work. And so a lot of guys from India are into IT business. And so I run into a lot of people from India. And so it's neat to me being Brian, I'm a talker obviously. And so when I get to talking to these guys, I know they're from India. I'll always somehow lace in the gospel there and how, and I'll eventually get to the point that, you know, God laid on my heart that I ended up adopting a baby from India. And then I, I talked to them and they, they're always looking at it from a point of view of like, Oh, that's so good. You helped my country. Da, da, da. And I, I always try to come back with, this is why I did it. Mm -hmm. And so it's always neat to see that it's nothing. It's not I, yeah. it's only him. He, he's the one that made it. And so it continues here. India continues. Yes. Behind me. And so mm -hmm. it's pretty neat to see, that God uses my trip to India and adopting a baby to still spread the gospel here uh, about India. That's such a good way to end it. So what my last question to bring you all the way back is what would you say to the Brian Harvey in what 2013 looking back, you would have never even known Layla had you not gone on this. What would you say to someone that's thinking whether it's a mission trip in general, but or to anywhere, I guess, that what would you say to someone that's thinking about going on a short-term mission trip? Well, I look back on it and, you know, again, my struggle was just feeling like I'm not 
capable or didn't have the talent. I was not talented. And so the thing I still tell myself, even this day after going back to India is it's not I, it's God, you know, Jesus Christ is going to put it in you. And so when you go over any type of circumstances over in India is God's going to be there to help you hold your hand. Like I said earlier. And so the thing is, remember, it's not just about you. It's just not your capabilities. It's what God has in you, what he's put in you It's what he's going to use through you to do. And I remind myself that I still speak truth to that little girl that's from India mm-hmm. and that's God still using me now that mm-hmm. I don't think. I'm yeah. Of doing. Oh, definitely. And so you have to step back and, and just think that it's not just Brian Harvey or that Brian Harvey going to India. God's going with you mm-hmm. and you're going to have people with you and he's going to put you in predicaments that may be a little bit, you know, tough to deal with, but he will speak through you. He, mm. he will guide your steps. And so I know that's a long, long way of saying it, but I still tell myself, even to the day, the things I learned in India, I still use in life now mm. to be obedient, to mm. listen, to uh, know that it's not just I, mm-hmm. Christ is in me. Yeah. And so that's the thing I would encourage people is, and anybody listening out there is, if God calls it on your heart to go, mm-hmm. if you remember that word go, that was the one thing that echoed in my life a long time when I was praying about going to India was just go, go, mm-hmm. go, go. It kept going to my mind. Just go. Mm-hmm. Stop doubting yourself. Mm-hmm. Stop doubting what I can do, meaning God, but just go. Mm-hmm. Open your hands up and say go, you know, and go where you need. And so mm-hmm. I think that's a lot of what I said when we were adopting a baby. We were both really scared about going to India as far as that way. Mm-hmm. It was just God laid on our heart. Just go. Mm-hmm. I'll be with you. you yeah. Know? Amen. So, What's your one word, Brian? If you could open, narrow this down. So open. I love that word. Yeah. yeah for wow. me, it's being open. So mm-hmm. again, I didn't say this at the beginning. I don't want to stretch it out too long. I, I grew up in a very, you know, Southern kind of Pentecostal environment and, mm-hmm. and not to say anything about them, but they were very, you know, kind of their community. They're kind of, that's where I'm at. They were close boxed a little bit. I thank goodness that I was able to get married and come to Raleigh and I learned how to open up. You know, mm-hmm. I learned how to open up to people mm-hmm. and I learned that, you know, the world's a lot bigger than just RDU or Alabama or mm-hmm. Louisiana. The world's huge mm-hmm. and we all need Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's just not to say that you can't just go to India and come back home and do missions here. Mm-hmm. We all need it. And mm-hmm. and I feel like that kind of played with the actual adoption, too, that you need to be open handed, be mm-hmm. open hearted, mm-hmm. open to what God has to play for your life. What do you what he has to do? And you just got to be open to it. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. The last three words of the book I just wrote is open your hands. Last three words, open your hands. And so the word open means a lot to me as well. But bro, I just want to honor you. I want to honor you and your wife. I'm just so thankful to God that he gave you the grace to process that heart transplant into the soil of India And yes, I understand the confusion of, okay, it seems like to me, we're supposed to pack our bags and get our tail ends over back over to India. And we're going to live there and we're going to make a life there and we're going to have a ministry there and everything. But even then God was just preparing you for this adoption. And I love this story that you left your heart there and you went back and picked it up. And now she's living in your home. A beautiful little girl named Layla. (laughs) It's it's amazing. I don't know if you remember. I don't remember. I don't know if you remember, Kevin, but you told me when we were in India one afternoon, you said, Brian, you said, I've been in your shoes. You you told me that you said, mm-hmm. Brian, I've been in your shoes because I came from a rural community. I came to India. My heart mm-hmm. was broke for India mm-hmm. and I had no clue what God had in store for me, but I had a burden for India. Mm-hmm. And you said, I can see that burden in you. And you said, but it'll take some time to process. And I remember you saying yeah. that, me being impatient. I wanted to come back right then. 
And yeah. so I'm thankful that God obviously is in control and not just me. Yeah. It's his time, it's his ability. Well, this is your story and not mine, but yeah, I remember after my first trip, I actually processed the call of the missionary because I felt so called to be a missionary. And the traditional box was you go pack your bags and you move your family over to the mission field. And yet God began to to show me that he was doing a new thing and I would be a missionary to India, but I needed to be based in the U S how could I take a thousand people over to India in the last 10 years? Yeah. If I was living over in India, it was like my, my legs have been in two different countries. I've had one foot in the U S and one foot in India for 10 years now. And that, that didn't come overnight. That took a lot of years of just coming to that place of peace of realizing God is sovereign and, and he can do it however he wants to do it. But I just love your adoption story. And I love the generosity of God that you told in your story, the generosity to take you to India and then the generosity of God to bring India into your home and your, yeah. your, uh, your openness, you opened your hands, you and your wife. I just want to honor you that you opened your home literally to the beautiful people of India that God called you to serve. And you're doing that every, you wake up with her every single morning. Hallelujah. And let me say it, let me say it this way too, just to kind of help other people see kind of the picture. It wasn't my intentions when I went to India the first time to adopt right. a child. From India. Uh -huh. And so I want to clarify that it was, it wasn't that we were going there and I was going to get acclimated with India and come back. I mean, God completely, I mean, 180 degree changed my heart because I came from a rural community where I didn't really know a lot of Indian folks. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't know a lot of people from India. And so I wasn't even anywhere acclimated with their culture or anything about them. And, and I can get into a lot of stuff about being a Southerner and adopting a child from India, but it was a struggle mm -hmm. at first because mm -hmm. most people would ask you, why in the world are you adopting from India? Just mm -hmm. like, it felt like it was a repetitive thing. When I was going to India on a mission trip, people would ask, why do you want to go to India? Mm -hmm. And then it asked, why do you want to adopt from India? And so I feel like the God was so obedient laying on our heart to kind of help strengthen us to stay, stay firm. This is where I want you at. Yeah. Stay here. And I was so thankful for that. So I probably just assumed, and I'm sure Courtney probably assumed what you said earlier in like 15 seconds about how your, you thought to Taiwan and maybe even the U S you would adopt from there. And then all of a sudden God began to turn your heart toward India. And most people, yeah, we think maybe, maybe India was the plan all along. And yes, that was God's plan, but I totally appreciate that was not Brian Harvey's plan at all. And uh, so yeah. it's no small miracle that, that you adopted from India. That doesn't just yeah. happen. I mean, we've, we've been exposed to the adoptions in India for 20 years and there's very few adoptions from India. And so that in itself is just a, a divine act of God that he would even. It's amazing looking back how he opened and closed doors and directed us that way. Mm -hmm. And it, and it's always, even in just normal everyday life, how we sometimes, if we're just obedient, how you see the path that he has before mm -hmm. you. Yeah. And it was hard for me to see it then. But now I look back on it, it's like, man, it's just amazing how he prepared a way, you know? Yeah. He prepared a way for me to adopt a little girl from India. I mean, whether it was funds or whatever, you know, me going on a mission trip or opening my wife's heart. I mean, mm -hmm. I didn't even get into that, but Abby was mm -hmm. very, I won't say she was against to it, but Abby was very worried about India. She mm -hmm. was very kind of hesitant. I won't say even a little hesitant. She was pretty hesitant about going. And so we prayed and prayed and how it was amazing to see him soften her heart to India because mm -hmm. she'd never been there either. We could go on the whole second part about <laughs> me going to India and actually adopting her because that was a whole different, you know, that's different than a mission trip. But yeah, well, it's clear to Courtney and I that God certainly moved because India adoptions are not cheap. 
And uh, I know that uh, you and your wife are blessed, but you don't just have that kind of money just sitting around necessarily to start adopting these international children. And so God had to have moved through a large group in your tribe, in your community to just make this possible and glory to yeah. his name for, for that. So what you've described in your story is something that our board of directors and the staff and the people, our partners in India all long for, that people would open their hearts to the Lord and really encounter the type of experiences that you just described. I'd love for you to close our show out. We're just praying that God would just continue to move in blessing people the way that he's blessed you. Let's pray. All right. Then we follow Lord. I just want to thank you for GHI, Lord. I just want to thank you for Kevin and Courtney uh, inviting me to share my story. Sometimes tough to just evade what has happened to you in words, Lord, to myself. Lord, I pray that anyone out there is listening, Lord, that they would feel comfortable knowing that you're going right alongside them, Lord, um, that you will be with them. You'll never leave them or forsake them, Lord. I pray right now for the people of India. I know they're going through a trying time, Lord, as we all are through COVID. Lord, I just pray that we would all keep our eyes and our hearts focused on what you have for us, Lord, and that you are with us, too. Uh, Lord, we pray for the board and uh, Kevin and GHI as they make decisions on these things, Lord. If someone is out there that are thinking about adoption, Lord, that they would know that I'm here for them, Lord, uh, and that you are laying on their heart for a reason, Lord. And I just pray that everybody would be open to your spirit, Lord, that you would be open to the gospel, Lord. And we thank you again for everything you've done. Amen. 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 Love you, man. Thank you. You too. Love you too. God bless you. This episode is complete, so head over to globalhopeindia.org for show notes, resources, and opportunities to go to India through GHI. Continue to be radically transformed by God as you live out the Great Commission, and we'll see you again next week here at Missions Change My Life.